What if I told you that God could be seen in the most ordinary things every day? That if we just took a break from the busyness of our lives to just stop and look around, to consider the things that we encounter all the time and overlook, the lessons that we would learn from our children and in our homes, our families, what if I told you that everyday ordinary events could teach us extraordinary eternal truths? Would you believe me? Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Set Your Mind Above podcast. I'm your host, BJ Seip. I'm a Christian, a preacher, a husband, and a father. In this podcast, we take everyday, ordinary events and explore how they can teach us extraordinary eternal truths. I'm so glad that you've joined me for this episode. Now, let's open up our minds, our hearts, and our Bibles together. I am down to my very last week of paternity leave before I get back to work, including getting back to the podcast. I want to once again thank Jacob Hudgens, Scott Beyer, and my special guest today, Hal Hammonds, for filling in for my absence. I also want to give another shout-out to Kenny Embry, who is always watching out for me by being in tune with my crazy life and organizing this effort to pull together such great guests for me when he knows that I will need them. Seriously, I don't know what I would do without these guys. I am so blessed to have such wonderful brothers in Christ. My guest speaker today is no stranger to this program, nor am I a stranger to his. Hal Hammonds is a good friend and a gospel preacher in Georgetown, Texas. Hal and I have become fast friends over the past year, and despite his social media being hacked and taken over by a complete nutjob recently, we still keep up with each other. Hal is the host of the Citizens of Heaven podcast, of which I would encourage you all to subscribe to. He is a husband, a father, and a lover of board games. God has brought us together in many ways that I can only attribute to his providence. Hal is not just a father, but the father-in-law now to an old friend of mine from Cedar Park named Jacob Combs. Hal is also the one who recommended a young man by the name of Bobby Petty to us at the beginning of this year for our summer preaching internship here in Danville. It proved to be the greatest recommendation, as our congregation fell in love with Bobby and his wife Gabby. I cannot thank Hal enough for how he blessed me and the rest of the church here in connecting us with the Petties. They will forever be a part of our family. Above all, Hal is a lover of God and a student of His Word. His fast-paced, energetic speech is a reflection of how excited he gets when he talks about the things that he is most passionate about. And without a doubt, Jesus is at the top of that list. I have to say, when I first saw the title he sent me, even I was a bit curious exactly where he was going to go with this. But let me tell you, 
you're in for an absolute treat today. Teaching us about fellowship from tortillas. Here is Hal Hammonds. Tortillas are a big deal in the Hammonds family. We buy tortillas more often than we buy loaf bread, a lot more often. My standard breakfast these days is three soft-boiled eggs with two flour tortillas. And yes, my cholesterol is just fine, thank you very much. One of the things we really looked forward to when we relocated back to Texas was access to fresh tortillas. Our local grocery store makes them daily in the bakery. They're still warm and steamy even in the bag. And if that's a bit too fresh, bags on the regular grocery aisles are still more fresh than anything we ever got in Florida. Maybe that seems like a silly thing to you. Hey, as I always say, we mock what we do not understand. And speaking of mocking, we have encountered various ones in other parts of the country who not only reject our obsession with tortillas, they even insist on pronouncing the word tortilla, as in rhymes with Godzilla. We think that's pretty hilarious in the Hammond's house. In fact, occasionally we will pronounce it tortilla ourselves, just to have some fun at someone else's expense. It's good-natured mockery, to be sure, but it's mockery. Of course, tortilla is a Spanish word. Tortillas were brought to us by our friends to the south. In fact, tortillas were probably in Texas before Americans were. And native Spanish speakers will pronounce the word tortilla, or something like that. College Spanish was a long time ago. We say tortilla every once in a while also. But that's to mock the gringos who are practicing what the kids call cultural appropriation, trying to blend into a culture to which they do not belong at all. Actually, come to think of it, there's a lot of mockery going on at my house. Again, all in good fun, but it reminds me how easy it is to embrace people whose philosophy greatly resembles our own while rejecting everyone on both sides of the spectrum. Say tortilla, you're ignorant. Say tortilla, you're insincere. The only honorable ones are precisely where I am. Funny how that works out. I see my brethren judging one another that way all the time, and sometimes I'm right in there with them. If your clothes are more conservative than mine, you're a prude. If they're more flashing than mine, you're an exhibitionist. If your doctrine's more conservative than mine, you're a Pharisee. If it's less conservative, you're a radical. It doesn't take a lot of imagination to see how bad that can get, and how quickly it can get there. There's a story in Judges chapter 12 about conflict among the tribes of Israel. One conflict of many. It seems like God's people have never been great about getting along. Jephthah the judge and those who followed him to the battle against the Ammonites took issue with the tribe of Ephraim for not contributing to the battle. Ephraim, on the other hand, felt excluded from the opportunity to fight. The issue became so heated that any Ephraimite who tried to join Jephthah's band was killed, 42,000 of them in all. When it was difficult to tell who was who, they would ask the traveler if he was an Ephraimite. If the answer was no, he would be asked to pronounce the word shibboleth. Apparently, the Ephraimites had a bit of a speech impediment and would say Sibboleth instead. Even to this day, Sibboleth is a word in our lexicon, meaning a word or custom that distinguishes one group from another, usually in an outdated or silly way. Who belongs? Who doesn't belong? Obviously, the ultimate decision regarding spiritual fellowship will be made by God and God alone. But fellowship between people here on earth is governed by those people. And if we do it by drawing lines based on how we pronounce words, or other matters of equal indifference, we will doom ourselves to an unending series of wars that are as avoidable as they are destructive. So how do we do it? 
I think the only way is to get away from our own personal judgment as much as possible and lean on what the Bible has actually revealed to us. And ironically, given that we've been discussing the problems of excluding everyone who is too extreme one way or the other, a couple of the directions God gives us are pretty extreme themselves. First of all, we need to be extreme in limiting our fellowship. We cannot accept into our fellowship someone whom God has not accepted into his. It's the body of Christ, not the body of me. Acts 2.47 tells us Jesus added everyone who was saved. Not us, not the apostles, Jesus. Now, how does one go about becoming saved? That's a topic deserving of its own time slot. For our purposes, though, we would do well to look at how those early Christians in Acts 2 were saved initially. And it was by obeying Peter's words in Acts 2.38. Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If someone does not do that, they have not obeyed the gospel, the only gospel with the power to save, according to Romans 1.16. They have not submitted to the truth that the Spirit was going to supply to the apostles, according to John 16.13. And that was given once for all, according to Jude 3. If they're not baptized into Jesus, they're not brethren. You may call that extreme. I call it extreme truth. Similar to what Jesus said of himself in John 14.6. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Second, we must be extreme in maintaining our fellowship. And in some ways, this may seem to work at cross-purposes with the first point, but really, it's the second chapter of the same story. If Jesus died to bring a soul into fellowship, it's up to us to keep him in that fellowship. Philippians 1, verses 6 through 11 read as follows. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Life in Jesus is a process. Many other passages, especially from the pen of the Apostle Paul, read in a similar fashion. We grow, we develop, we succeed, and we fail. It's the job of Christians to find other Christians and help them do the first, and help them recover from the second. The epistles are full of admonitions to earn Christians to set their lives right, and to their brethren to chastise them when they are not. But with only a small handful of exceptions, the approach to weak, erring Christians is not to exclude them from fellowship. It is to keep them in fellowship and teach them to do better. We don't reject family members after they've had bad days or even bad years. We love them, so we forgive them, and we try to help them do better. And that brings us to the third point. Govern our fellowship with love, patience, and submission. Ephesians 5 verse 21 says we are to submit to one another in the fear of Christ. If we are characterized by the fear of Christ, by a commitment to his purposes, we show that in the way we deal with one another. And that includes, especially in this context, a willingness 
to submit, a willingness to not get our own way. As long as the church is populated by humans, the church will struggle. But the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace Paul mentions in Ephesians 4.3 is a real thing. It doesn't happen by accident, but it does happen. By always prioritizing the needs of others, and by embracing the leadership of Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd, as well as the under-shepherds he leaves to oversee local churches in his physical absence, we can live in peace. We can be united. We can be the body of Christ. I may never convince you I'm right about tortillas. I may go to my grave wishing, not for my sake, but for yours, that I had. But I'm not going to lose friendships over it. Nor am I going to sit idly by while cultural and personal chivalrous threaten to divide churches of God's people. It's like the old hymn says, angry words are lightly spoken, bitterest thoughts are rashly stirred, brightest links of life are broken by a single angry word. This life is going to be full of conflict, whether we like it or not. Let's do what we can to limit the conflict with our brethren to things that are truly worth fighting about. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode, and I would invite you back every Tuesday for a brand new episode each week. If you haven't already, be sure to find us on Facebook for occasional announcements and special video sessions. If you have benefited from this podcast, please, if you're able to, be sure to share it with someone else that you think could benefit from it as well. Until next time, know that I love you, that God loves you, and may we all each and every day set our minds above.